0: These days, people want more value for money. They want to be able to have more space. They want to be able to have maybe a nicer apartment. And these things cost a lot. So instead of paying $1,700 for, you know, two bedrooms, you can find that for maybe $1,400 elsewhere if you're just willing to drive 20 minutes outside of the city. So this trend, it just accelerated. And this is one of the things the family office also paid attention to, and they're looking for deals kind of a little bit outside of the core cities. So they basically follow the crowd, they follow employees, they follow the tenants, and I think it's great because they're basically following demand, which is a really smart thing to do. Hello everyone, welcome to the fourth season of Ready to Scale, I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. Real estate investing is not rocket science. But it's not a fairy tale either. It's an incredible investment vehicle that builds and grows wealth. I have done it. And this is why so many of the wealthiest people in America and in the world actually invest in real estate as well. Listen in every week to learn about all the different real estate asset classes, which strategies experienced and successful investors use to live their best lives and the processes to do it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just listen in every week to grow your knowledge along with me and to move your finances to a place where you can live an extraordinary life. This show is sponsored by my company, Blue Lake Capital, where we help passive investors grow their wealth through large multifamily investments and funds. To learn more about my company and investing with me, visit wwwbluelake Com. Welcome to Ready to Scale Season 4. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. This is season four, and I'm Ellie Perlman, your host broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Today, I want to share with you some insights that I was exposed to while I was attending the Real Estate Family Office and Private Equity Conference recently that was held here in Newport, Rhode Island. And I think it's really interesting to understand how the big players out there, how family offices and private equity firms are viewing real estate, viewing the risks and what they do today, I think we can learn a lot from them. So I wanna break down the conversation today to two parts. The first one is what do family offices invest in today? And the second part is talking about some trends and kind of forward looking predictions. So let's get started with the first part what do family offices and private equity firms investing and i know you probably think private equity firms they usually you know many times they don't invest in real estate well some of them started recently to diversify so they do purchase companies but they also started looking into real estate because there's a lot of opportunity there so i personally met pe shops and family offices at that conference and so i thought that the insights were really really interesting let's start with What did they invest in today? First and foremost, many of them are very, very bullish on multifamily. And this is not surprising. So despite higher delinquencies and the eviction moratorium that recently was canceled, many family offices and PE shops were viewing real estate and looking at multifamily as one of the safest and the most interesting asset class out there. As an asset class that keeps producing steady cash flow, even throughout the pandemic, they were scaling back or stopped completely investing in retail, the hotel asset class, and of course, office. So there's of course some exceptions. If there's a grocery store as an in-care tenant in a retail shop, it's a different story. But for the most part, they've been scaling back from those investments and have been focusing on multifamily among other asset classes. So that was actually not surprising, but that was one of the insights that I got from conversations and discussions involving family offices. The second thing that family offices are interested in is debt. So there's the investors, family offices, demands for debt has been increasing even though we're talking about lower yields because the interest rates are pretty low today. And, you know, they're mainly the way that family offices are looking into debt. They're looking into it, not so much as a profit center, but mostly for diversification and wealth preservation against inflation. And so, Profits, when it comes to debt profits, they're only secondary, and many family offices have started to look more and more into debt, and even though we're not talking about huge, you know, yields, then the demand for debt has been increasing in the past 18 months. Got to remember that the loan pipeline has been pretty slim because there aren't that many deals, so the transaction level has declined in the past year or so, so... You have fewer deals, obviously fewer loans, but still debt is an interesting investment vehicle for family offices. So this is generally speaking what large family offices and private equity shops, that's what they're investing and what they're interested in, you know, today. Now, when we were discussing trends, there are a few interesting things that I've learned. First and foremost, you know, they're very focused on demographic trends, which I totally understand because I I do the same. They do notice high turnover in large cities that has young employees because employees tend to, you know, when the pandemic started, they tend to go back home or move to the suburbs. And so that put pressure on occupancy. And as a result on the rents, which this is, by the way, not surprising at all. Years before the pandemic started, you know, Blue Lake's strategy was not to look at the core cities or at even cities like Atlanta. I rarely look at deals in Atlanta city. I like to look at, you know, deals in Marietta, for instance, in, in some sub markets around the city, Sandy Springs, Dunwoody. So not really the hardcore you know, city, but all the other areas that are a bit remote, because these days people want more value for money. They want to be able to have more space and want to be able to have maybe nicer apartment, And these things cost a lot. So instead of paying $1,700 for, you know, two bedrooms, you can find that for maybe $1,400 elsewhere. If you're just willing to drive 20 minutes outside of the city. So this trend just accelerated, and this is one of the things the family office has also paid attention to, and they're looking for deals kind of a little bit outside of the core cities, so they basically follow the crowd, they follow employees, they follow the tenants, and I think it's great because they're basically following demand, which is a really smart thing to do. Another advice that I heard was not to focus on MSA trends, but to look at the specific microeconomics of certain pockets within a submarket. So, for instance, you can look at Atlanta as an MSA and say, hey, occupancy is, let's say, 95%. Atlanta has seen a 6% rent growth in the past 12 months, but Within Atlanta MSA, there are some sub markets like Dunwoody or Duluth where the occupancy can be higher or lower and rent growth could be significantly higher or significantly lower. So just making investment decisions based on an MSA is a little bit, I'm not going to say risky, but it's a little bit, you got to drill down to the specific Pocket where the property is to understand what's the occupancy, of rent growth, etc. So we're actually using Axiometrics, and Axio is great because it uses AI technology to predict future growth and future occupancy, but it also gives you a good snapshot of how not only the MSA, but how the specific sub-market is behaving. And not only this, what the data is for the property, and the competition within, let's say, a three-mile radius. So you can drill down and really look at the property at that specific pocket and see, oh, wait a minute, occupancy, for instance, is only 92%, even though the Atlanta MSA occupancy, let's say, is 94 or 95%. So that gives you a slightly different picture. And so looking at the micro level of the pockets within an MSA, that's very important because different pockets behave differently than the generic MSA, you know, economics. So just, this is one of the things that we have been implementing. And I think it's, you know, it's a great advice not to just rely on the MSA trends, but look at the specific pocket. And then the last trend that was discussed, which we unfortunately also experience at Blue Lake is disruption of, you know, supplies when it comes to to materials and the increase in the cost of labor. So what happens is, you know, obviously everyone heard, you know, about the disruption in the supply chain. So if you order materials that even washers and dryers or granite countertops when you renovated units, if it used to take, you know, a week, maybe now it takes three weeks, maybe now it takes even seven or eight weeks. So there are delays, which prolongs the value-add plan. So you got to be, when you're underwriting, got to be careful about what assumptions you're making. If you think you can start on month one, you might be, you know, able only to start three months down the road after you purchased the property because it takes time for materials to be delivered. And the other part, as I have mentioned, is the increase in labor costs obviously you know thanks to the unemployment benefits that really push people to sit at home and, and not go out and work or seek work and so in order to entice people to come to work and actually work on the properties you need now to offer them good terms and good benefits and a good salary so all that labor costs you know the labor costs a lot more and so as a property owner you have to be ready to have the supply of materials take more time and then also to spend more time on labor and, of course, on materials costs that has been going up. So that's another portion that puts a little bit more pressure on value-add deals. But I'm very hopeful that at least by Q3 or Q4 of 2022, that's going to get better. I think it's still going to take time. And this is something that now that we know, we can underwrite, you know, better and just be prepared for longer renovation process. So generally speaking, these are the main, you know, insights that I was exposed to from family offices and private equity firms that are investing in real estate. Again, just to recap, they're all very bullish on multifamily Demand for debt has been increasing, even though we're not looking at very high yields. It's mainly for diversification and wealth preservation. And when it comes to the trends, they do see high turnover in major cities. And they're not focused on the MSA trends, but on the specific pockets And they do expect the disruption in supply chain and the increase in labor costs to continue well into 2022, which they take into account when they run their underwriting. And so do we. That's it for today, guys. Hope that added a little bit more to your knowledge. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward. And I'll see you on the next episode.